It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at Steve Diddy, NFL on Twitter. And, of course, follow the group, at UK Packers. And, as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal, the ever-knowledgeable Mr. At IT Hedgehog, Mr. Peter Jones. He has a name. He's not just a hedgehog. Petey Pete. What's going on, buddy? Oh, I'm good, Steve. Steve, I could, I, could, I could only be happier if my name was Smith rather than Jones right now. Yeah. I'd be the third Smith brother. In inverted commas. Smiths are doing well. Yeah, you'd have to get into the, the bromance, Pete. You know, you'd have to do interviews and stuff together. That means I'd lose you from the podcast. So let's just keep your name with Jones for the minute. Uh, but speaking of Jones, very popular name in uh, Wales, Cardiff, along with Davies. Um, and what's, what are the other? It's Jones and Davies, really, isn't it? What's the other ones? I'm trying Jones, to think of the Welsh. Jones, national team. Davies, Williams. Williams, Ev- yeah. Evans. Yeah. Yeah, you're all interlinked in some way. Uh, uh, have you got Welsh heritage, Pete? My my dad's Welsh, so there all of that half of the family is is Welsh, and uh, yeah. So we, I was brought up in a household supporting Wales in every sport going, Steve. So that there continues. Go. There you go, uh, Welsh people. You're very nice. So the Cardiff meetup, <laughs> uh, although there wasn't a whole lot of yous, uh, you were very nice. So yeah, flew over from Dublin, and um, we hours flew back, we hours. It was a flying visit. I was knackered to bits, but Jesus, the people we met there were absolutely fantastic, super knowledgeable, really nice blogs. Um, and I would love to do another Welsh meetup again and maybe we can push people towards the venue the head of steam the venue was uh, amazing it was uh, chaperoned by an American guy from Michigan Boo uh, which you'd think he's a Detroit fan but hey, not Steelers fan go figure right so um, yeah it was really nice the food was nice uh, the points it was all sort of craft brew stuff and I really enjoyed it uh, Cardiff the city Nice enough walking around. Didn't get to see a whole lot of it, but what I did, it looked super old-timey. So big into history. Um, it worked out really well. So I would encourage people to come to meetups. An awful lot of people came on their own. Um, some people brought their wives. Um, so, you know, bring your dad, bring your wife, um, bring your brother, whatever, uh, and come along, even if they're not big fans because they're sure to sit down um, and have a good time, which I have to mention, Pete, we've locked in the Dublin meetup. Fantastic. Yeah. So the Woolshed Bar and Grill. Now I put Bar and Grill because it's a it's an Australian bar that does American sports. Go figure. Okay, and it's Bar Bar as in Ram. Oh. Um. So again on the Welsh theme, I guess uh, to deal with Rams and cheap. Um. So yeah, it's the eighth of December, week fourteen. You pay a fiver, you get two points of Dublin Blue. I'll say it again. And people said this to me at the Manchester and Cardiff meetups that I don't need to keep saying it because I don't think I'm scamming anybody, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, none of the money comes to us. We get the money and we pay it all to the venue. Um, and speaking of, it, I got this at the at the meetups as well. If you do want to support us in all that we do, and we do like to give you some stuff back, we have a Patreon account. I don't mention it a lot because I don't usually put my hand out begging, but it's patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. And there's a multiple tier, tiers, not tiers, multiple tiers that you can get on. Um, one of them is you can donate whatever you like. Um, and we're eternally grateful. As I say, I don't put the hand up a lot. And the other one is, is that if you donate a fiver a month after six months, we take the money that you've given us 
and we go to our manufacturer and we order you a UK Packers merch item, uh, which is a bobble hat, um, a t-shirt, uh, the press box polo is one of them as well. And you get your special membership number on it, the UK Packers embroidered logo. These are super high quality stuff. Uh, so if you donate for six months, yeah, you get all your money back. There's no obligation for you to continue to donate. Um, obviously, it's great if you continue to do it. Um, and we might have more initiatives coming down the line, including raffles for signed merch and all of that type of good stuff if we get enough Patreon supporters. Um, so yeah, that'd be great, guys, if you, if you want to go on and do that. But Peter, this podcast is weird because we're kind of just after the last game, which was a fantastic win over the Broncos. There are some deficiencies there. We're going to get into it um, and some great things too. And also the game that's coming up on Thursday with the Eagles. So the thing is, these these Thursday night, Monday night games, Peter, how do we feel about these goddamn things? Because, uh, you know, Jason Willey put out about, you know, fast foods poll that he does and goes, oh, which do you prefer, Monday night football or Thursday night football? Both of them are the devil. Am I right? <laughs> they are. They are. I mean, they're... They're okay while they're on. They're not so great come the come the following day, the Friday or the Tuesday, <laughs> and yeah. um, and then it's just weird when you get to the Sunday and you've either played the game or or, or you know you're still a day away from the Packers playing. It's like, well, what game do I watch now then? It's a void, Pete, isn't it? There's a void. Your Sunday's <laughs> sort of walking around. You know, your family members are looking at you, going, "Are you okay?" I mean, you know, and you're saying, oh, "Someone's missing." Now it's great. Don't get me wrong. When we win, but as you say, it's a Zombie Tuesday or Zombie Friday. Now some people are savvy enough. Um, like Cassian, uh, who got on to us and said that he takes the Friday off. Fantastic idea. Uh, Ken O'Mac, you know, said that whole thing about, you know, it's it's bad, but it's better if, if there's a win. And that's for sure. But before we get on to that Eagles uh, game, we need to talk about the Broncos game. Um, Pete, will we go the good, the bad or the ugly? Do you want to set us off in one of those and we'll amble down that path? I'll start, I'll start with the easy one. I'll start with the good, Steve. Go and... On, um, the Packers' defense. How hot are they? Oh. How hot are they? Yeah. Um, you know this. The pass rush is exceptional. You know, we've already mentioned the the the, the two Smiths. Um, you know, Preston Smith, three sacks. Zadarius Smith, two sacks. Even Rashan Gary came in with his first sack and a and a fumble recovery. Yeah. How hot is that Packers' defense? How hot is that pass rush? And most notably. You know they're 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 getting to the quarterback without having to blitz guys, so they're not sending the safeties on on blitzes and whatever else, which means that you know even if they don't get to the to the passer, the guys at the back end are, are you know are are able to double cover, are able to keep on their guys, and majority of the time you know the back end of the defense led by Alexander are playing exceptionally well as well, so. How hot is that? How, when was the last time we saw a Packers defense at least start a season this strongly? Yeah, and there's some nuances there too uh, for me. Like you said, I mean, you know, having the big guys up front, we don't need to to blitz um, and bring everybody because they, we played base defense almost 50% of all snaps. So we're playing our base defense. Now that's that's a disadvantage, I guess, and not not to get to the ugly or the bad straight away. Uh, but we got ran all over again, which is a problem. Um, even with those big guys up front. Um, but as well as that, what I see about this and, and a couple of just and I guess it's sort of random <laughs> all over the place observations, but we're taking the ball away, uh, which is incredible. We've eight takeaways now in three games, which is uh, leading the league. 
Um, you know, we're almost half, we're over halfway actually to the amount of takeaways that we had last year. We had 15 last year and we tied 29th in the league, which is one of the worst, I think maybe tied for the worst amount of takeaways that the Packers have ever had. Um, and I was reading a great article today by Bob McGinn and he sort of delves into, um, you know, looking at the 2009-2011 Packers and seeing where they ranked. So they ranked first, sixth and then tied for first again in takeaways. Um, and they started off really hot and we all know, uh, you know, what that sort of culmination led up to uh, with the Super Bowl berth. So, you know, there's, there's other articles out there and there's other tweets and all that to sort of point to the fact that when the Packers take the ball away in all of their championship seasons, the one thing that all of them had in common, apart from, you know, good quarterback play and all the rest, um, is an explosive defense that took the ball away. So we're trending on the right way. Now, one thing that stood out for me about those takeaways is that we're getting the takeaways in different ways. So, you know, we're causing fumbles, we're punching the ball out. Uh, you know, we've lads diving up and intercepting in the end zone, which is fantastic. Jair Alexander's takeaway uh, from Noah Fant, where he's basically on the ground, he ripped the ball out um, and then legged it. I mean, you know, the fact that we're getting to the ball in so many different ways, we're not just this one-dimensional pressure up front and then hope to sort of gain by the ball being tossed up into the air, Pete. And that's what I find is really um, encouraging on the defense in that way. And also, it's not as if we don't have weak links because our pass rush is fantastic, our run defense is not great, but we're not losing games because we're getting ran all over. You know, if we look back to the times where we played the Vikings with uh, Peterson and then we look at uh, what Colin Kaepernick did to us where he leaks out and all of a sudden, you know, we're in trouble. And also, as good a game that Jair Alexander had, uh, Kevin King had a game to forget. You know, uh, he was losing um, Sutton in, in coverage most of the time. He was blazing by him. There was one time he was flat-footed where everybody at the Cardiff meetup was shouting on him, what is he doing? Because he, he effectively just almost, it looked like he deliberately didn't tackle. Did you see that one? Is, is, that, is, that, is that the one up the up the right sideline or yeah. left sideline? Yeah, left sideline, yeah. I think, yeah. It, it, it really looked like, you know, and I'd like to see, you'd like to get inside the locker room here or inside the film room here because... You, it really looked like he expected that he wasn't going to cover deep, that, that Blackman was meant to get over and, and provide coverage there. So it looked like he was he was he was covering in an intermediate zone setup, and that he expect weird. It's a very very strange looking play. I mean I mean King got beat on that, and it looked and, it, and you're right, and then it looked like he stopped. Yeah, and it, and, and, and then. It just appeared like he was expecting immediate help deep from Blackman, which didn't come, and it was it didn't look good. Yeah, and that happened a couple of times, you know. And he felt like the weakest link. Now, what I would say is, is that, um, so what that tells me is, is that obviously in our run stuff, and we've got massive room to improve. And when it comes to the likes of that performance from King. That leaves massive room to improve as well, um, but I didn't. Nothing stood out to me as obvious, though. Pete, you know, like missed tackles and stuff no, like that I, wasn't a massive problem on the night. No, not. Uh, you know, I think the thing with King, I think that, um, I, and and as you've made this point, you know, a couple of times, and 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 you hear the analysts talk about you. Know, the other guys get paid too. Yeah. So so so, you know, you're not going to cover an NFL wide receiver, hundred percent of the time through a 60 minute game just not going to happen so 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 the guys are going to get beat once in a while just like we would expect our wide receivers to get open you know and we'll, and we'll be you know going on about how great Adams is or whatever else that doesn't necessarily mean the corner that he's up against is a bad player it just means that Adams beat him on that play mm. and 
I, I think I think that's the thing with 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 King. He, he didn't have the he didn't have the greatest of games, but I'm I'm you know I'm not in a position to get down on him at at, at this stage. Yeah, and so the defense good. Um, you know the the special teams. You know that that sixty yard return, and that's another thing. I guess it leaks into the defensive uh, analysis as well. The fact that we spotted them sixty yards, um, which was a poor kick by Crosby, which led to it. Um, which again, all of the rest of his kicks then were, were touchbacks, so it was fine. But that one's particularly bad. The fact that we spotted them, they, they had 40 yards to go. Um, but I think, um, did we, they didn't even get a field goal from that drive, no, did they not? No, so was, they didn't even no. score a point off it. So that just goes to show how dominant the defense was. But I guess, Pete, not unless you have something else to say about the D. Um, and I can only speak highly of J.K. Scott if you want to hit the whole special teams, you know, punting um, arena. 53 yards average which is unbelievable, uh, you know, four and a half seconds and above hang time and three of his four balls went into the inside of 20. So that's amazing. And again, uh, if anyone isn't uh, subscribing to The Athletic, you get some wonderful stats on there. So that's where they came from. Um, so J.K. Scott, just fantastic. But it's the offense that people are still talking about, despite the fact that we put up 27 points. Yeah, and just before we jump off the D, I think it's worth a, worth a mention for Tyler Lancaster. So... So I thought he had a good game Sunday, and um, I think he played the run run very well, and he got some pressure pressure on the passer. So for a kind of unsung hero, if you like, because you know the Smiths and the Alexanders and the Savages and whatever else are quite rightly getting getting all the plaudits. But I thought that Lancaster quietly had a had a good game Sunday. Um, the the offense, it's. I keep going back to the, to where we started the season. We kind of expected if they were going to struggle anywhere early in the first few games, it would it would be the offense. Mm. You know, a brand new offensive system um, and and all of that good stuff. Um, but it just appears that it's stuttering. I think it's stuttering even more than we would have expected. Yeah, and 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 probably what's what's making it so confusing is the fact that they come out similar I guess to last week's game when they come out and they're able to move the ball early and then and then after that it felt like they were never you know almost never going to get another first down on from about midway through the second quarter onwards um so one thing that I felt watching last week's game and then this and then this week's game is is it was just a gut feel at the time was that the play calling appeared to get conservative on first down from certainly in the, in the second half of games where they appeared to be running a lot more on first down than, than they were in the, in the first half. So rather than, you know, picking up six or seven yards on first down and ended up on in second and three, second and four, they were running on first down and ended up in second and nine, second and 10 a lot. And that was a gut feel. So I went and looked at some of the, some of the numbers and, so it appears they're they're running the ball on first down about 56, uh, passing the ball on first down about 56% of the time in the first half of games, and only on 33% of the time in the second half of games. So there's definitely a second half shift in terms of the, in terms of the play calling, and you partly understand that because you're ahead in games, mm. but it's also getting them into this second and nine, second and ten. So, you know. Definite throwing situations. The defense knows that it's a throwing situation. They can pin their ears back and, and whatever else. And although Rogers this week, you know, made a point of saying that 
he was only on the you know only got hit once and was only on the on the deck once i think i think i think there's something in the play calling in the in the second half of games that's putting them putting the offense under more pressure than it needs to be yeah, and it's accumulated pressure as well, right? Because as you say, I mean, if the if the play calling is consistently and I dare to say poor, um, well then it just keeps sort of stacking failure on top of itself in the second yeah. half, and we have no because that that's what they all say. And again, I always thought this was a bit of a trope, but then you hear players and ex players coming out and saying it that they had no you know fluency, they had no flow, and that's what you need. You need that sort of momentum to sort of carry you through. If if you're effectively stifling your offense, piece, you know, how can we get any flow? In the second half, no, abs- no, abs- ab- absolutely right, and I, I, I think that whatever it is, whatever the unknown factor is that causes momentum to to pick up and then momentum to stop or momentum to switch, whatever it is, I think you have to have it. Yeah, um, you know, and and you know, and and if you drive the ball down the field and you fumble and you fumble the ball away, well, you're going to get the ball back and you have confidence that you can drive it back down the field again. Whereas, whereas you never felt confident looking at the Packers' offense again after the first two or three series, that 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 they were able to do that. And it's very weird. So if anybody listened to the podcast and you felt this way, it felt this way in a group dynamic too, where it was it's for two weeks on the trot now, where we were ahead heavily, and yet it felt there was there was silence in the room, like someone had died. And it was like every, the, the whole air had been sucked out of the room and it was like we were losing. That's sort of how it goes. And it's from that fast start, which people say is scripted, which I'm not convinced of. And then when it gets to the second half and we don't feel like we can get out and going, it's like a harder in our mouth. I think that's collectively too, because we're so used to the defense bottling it. Over all these years, we've been conditioned. Yeah. So when we see the offense stutter, we're like, oh, we're screwed now. And then also you're depending on the defense then to, to, get, the, to get the ball back, which they do. Now, this thing as well, people are saying, you know, this isn't sustainable all season. The offense need to step up because the D can't do it. I don't buy into that. If the defense are playing well and they gel well and the plays that they're calling are doing well, they get better at run stuff and there's no injuries. There's no reason why the defense can't carry it the whole way. We've seen it happen with the Broncos. So all of that sort of thing about, oh, well, this can't. Well, give me the evidence then if that's the case. If it's because the defense are on the field more and they're going to get injured more, yeah, I believe it. If you think that all of a sudden they just take a phantom drop off, I don't think so. But again, there's a caveat there too, right? We came up against Flacco, um, who was struggling. It's dinky dunk stuff. You know, we have some good secondary players like Jair Alexander, who's fantastic in the slot. Um, so I think we're go- we're going to do well against him. Mitch Trubisky, you know, absolutely struggled. That was a shocking game. Um, and then when it came to Kirk Cousins, we stifled him as well, and he's not doing too well. So when we come up against quarterbacks who are adept and someone who can rip you apart, well, then that's where we need to be careful. And also, if you couple that with a strong run game, I think this defense, we're really going to see what they're worth, right? Because the play action is going to work, and that if we have to sort of safeguard against a very good running back well then how are we going to guard against that and a, and a good pass um but one thing i'll say about the the offense is pete what's shocked me is is that we're not seeing what we were promised i guess from the matt lafleur offense now not that anybody particularly knew what that was but they looked at you know sean mcveigh and i was only watching highlights last night of um the rams browns game and i could see exactly the, the quintessential sean mcveigh play which is the bunch formations and the rub routes. And on, it just works so well all the time. 
when you have a good quarterback a fast release and some quick wide receivers that can play in that sort of slot area and it was just time and time again one of them cooper cup was just wide open um off a rubber out literally just slanted across the field got the ball and waltzed his way into the end zone and it was so easy and the thing about sean McVay is, is that he keeps running this stuff time and time again and people just can't stop him it's like Messi, you know like in football he does the same dribble and stuff and after all these years he still scores the most goals still wins the balloon door or whatever um i'm gonna say it funny because hep so irish but like uh <laughs> balloon door uh ballon door um so <laughs> You know, he does the same thing, but people just can't stop him. And that's what you get with Sean McVay. Well, I saw one instance in this game against the Broncos where they used Danny Vitale, which is the play that Aaron Rodgers ended up on his ass. Um, and yep. he went and nearly scored a touchdown. I haven't seen any safety valve uh, stuff. We were promised that the fullback, which is why we kept one, was very key to this offense. I haven't seen that at all. I haven't seen any really uh, highlight or discernible features of bunch formations, rub routes, trying to confuse the defense that way, quick slants. Haven't seen any of that. Um, and as well as at the tight end. So I've seen nothing from the tight ends. That An awful lot of that comes down to Jimmy Graham not being able to get open. I think he's carrying an injury that's worse than we know. Uh, he can't yep. block. So he's effectively useless in, in that position. Mercedes Lewis, he played two-thirds of the snaps, but he's basically a blocker. Um, Jimmy played about half the snaps. Tonyan just shy of about half as well, but we don't see them being utilised. Um, Adams gets pasted with double coverage, triple coverage, quadruple coverage when it comes to the Bears. And then MVS is more of a speed merchant than he is a consistent route runner. So I think we're lacking weapons there, but that can all be negated by, you know, putting MVS, uh, Geronimo Allison. Um, and Devontae bunching them up and making them run the quick slants making them make the defensive players fall over each other and not be afraid Pete to get that short gain especially on first down yeah and I I'm surprised I'm surprised about it too and I and and I guess there's a there's a there's a number of number of factors here but um is it that the personnel that we've got just aren't quite as good as we hope hoped that they are hope that they would be I guess that um, they're clearly struggling with this, with with finding the slot receiver, and 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 as you've just highlighted, they're struggling at the tight end position. So I think that, and then if you, if you couple as you've just described, MVS is is a speed merchant can clearly get open deep or has, or has done a couple of times this season, but 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 he's not running five yard outs, he's not running slants, and I and I think they're missing that ability to just keep the chains moving yeah you know a guy gets open quickly like like a cooper cup or 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 whoever five yard pass on a slant play which which in itself you know the number of times we would we would see montana throw that slant to jerry rice five yards over the middle and it made 50 yards yeah now clearly jerry rice was an exceptional receiver but but the principle the principle's the same, you know. Let let let's hit those five yard slant plays over the middle. If it if it gets five yards and he's tackled, fantastic. Second and five's not a bad place to be. Um, if you could turn that five yards into fifteen yards or fifty yards, so 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 much the better. Um, and I, but I but I think you're right. I mean, they're, they're missing that slot receiver. They're missing the tight end. I think Jimmy Graham's carrying three or four different injuries from 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 what we what we can make out. And he can't block. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. So, so it's easy to criticise his blocking, but the guy's never been a blocker, and it befuddles me to see him put in a system where you're asking him to block 
Daniil Hunter like he was asked to block on block Daniil Hunter a couple of times last last week. That just doesn't make any sense at all to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's raising questions about the per, the personnel, and time would time would tell, I guess. Um, but it but it's it's more worrying than I thought it would be at this stage of the season. Yeah, the only thing is, I guess, Pete, is is that we've invested so much money in draft capital in our defense, and now it's working. So if anything, yeah. then we can have a more offensive-centric draft, which is, again is the phrase of the podcast, offensive-centric draft. <laughs> um, so, you know, at least we can sort of focus on that side of things now. Yeah, and I think, and I think this, this stuff is, is, is swings and roundabouts, and you have to understand that you can't fix all your problems in one go. Yeah. You know, and... You know they've concentrated on 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 defense this year. Next year, you know the, it, it may be they'll take a wide receiver or, or or whatever in the in in the in the first round. But but you know I guess as fans we want every position on the field to be perfect, and that's just nev- never going to happen, particularly in the days of free agency and 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 everything else. And there's and there's always going to be how you know a drop off at a drop off at certain positions and i guess that's where you hope that your system and your coaching and your play calling will make up for you know a drop off at, at those positions yeah like and again for all i know um see an awful lot of this i think as well is is that it's important to remember that Matt LaFleur was sort of resting up players before he came into this game um, and also they're cognizant of injuries and we've done really well in that category um, and keeping Aaron Rodgers upright which is an awful lot to do with the O-line which I guess we get on to in a second yeah. but you know I think an awful lot of the, the game plan too is to try not put people in harm's way I'd reckon we're probably going to be more aggressive when it comes to the Eagles I think we're going to have to be because like we're going to get on to I think this Eagles team isn't a pushover like everyone thinks that they're yeah. going to be, they actually lead the Packers in an awful lot of categories, if not most of the important ones. Um, but I guess let's, we should probably round out the Broncos' performance just by looking at the O-line. Billy Turner, uh, to me, had a, had a pretty solid game. The fact that he was criticised in previous weeks. Uh, David Bakhtiari did really well. Brian Palaga did really well. There's a question that I want to ask you, though. Um, but before I do that, and I guess I'll set you loose, but um, Elton Jenkins, I was very impressed by him. I thought he did a great job. Uh, the fact that Aaron Rodgers, um, yeah, he got pressured a couple of times and had to flush out um, and one quarterback hit on that Danny Vitale pass. And he did jump the hard count once, but so did David Bakhtiari. So I think we can let Jenkins away on that one. Uh, it was raised at the meetup about Brian Balaga and there was different opinions on this, Pete, as to whether we keep him or don't keep him or what happens to him next year. Now, I'm of the opinion that because of his um, his play this season and the fact that he's stayed healthy, and I'm touching wood right now, um, is the fact that I think he's so ultimately ultra-valuable to this team, but other people are not as convinced. Where do you sit on the Brian Balaga debate? Oh, I, th- I think that I think that when he's when he's 100% or close to 100% because we have to remember these guys never play at 100% once the season started but when he's close to 100% um the guy is one of the best right tackles in the league mm. you know and and, and, pair, and paired with with Bakhtiari who I think had his best game of the season you know we're only 3 games in but uh, but I think Sunday was his was the best he's played this season um I think p- paired paired together you've got as good a bookends tackles as anybody's got in the in the league. Um, 
I, I, I think, you know, it, it becomes a salary cap question, I guess, with, with, in my view, with Blager. I, I think that if you could get him back at a similar-ish number to what he's being paid this year and his cap numbers, um, just over 8 million, 8.3, I think, this year, then, then, then I think you do that. If he's going to hit the open market and be looking at 10, 12 million a year, then I think he's probably gone. Yeah. Um, now it's just, it's just impossible to, to know who's going to pay what, but it only takes one team, doesn't it? To pay silly money. You know, you, it doesn't take everybody to pay. It's just one of, only one of the other 31 teams has to, has to come out with a, with a silly offer and, and he, and he's, and he's probably gone. Um, but you know, I would, I would keep him if you can keep him at a decent, a decent, decent rate, um, you know, decent salary. Um, it's stacked up against yeah. them though, right? Because we see what happened with TJ Lang and, and Josh Sitton. There were an awful lot of those. Some of them come down allegedly to personality issues, which I don't think we have in Balaga. But we certainly see, don't we, sort of injury prone O linemen are gone earlier than later in Green Bay. They, yeah, they they are. I mean, you know, the only thing I would say about those two, and this this isn't to denigrate the position, but I, I would suggest that 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 in the NFL that that guard is typically one of the easier positions to play in the NFL. I'm not suggesting any of them are easy, but, but when you, when you rank positions, it, 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 it's easier to play right guard, for example, than it is right tackle or right guard than it is to play left tackle. So, um, you know, and that's why the tackles typically get paid, you know, a lot, a lot more money than, than, than the guards do. That's just the, the, the way it is. Um, you know, and like I say, I'm not trying to, put down the, the the great players that we've had at guard and we've had some ex, excellent players but i just i just think that that where if if teams are going to try and save money it's usually it's usually at the guard position yeah so i guess look we've we've a while to go before we get there for sure but um another thing that stood out to me as well is the amount of playing time that jamal williams got um over aaron jones jones seemed to be able to punch the ball and get the touchdowns um and get the fantasy points i guess for people but jamal williams certainly got um more of a run out and we would have seen these two as kind of uh being a tandem more so in previous seasons so we kind of got back to that in this game i you know people are making a lot of it but I think it's an awful lot to do with durability too um, and looking into a long season and also looking at a game uh, that's coming up on Thursday. So I don't know if that's indicative of a pattern, Pete, do you, about where we're going to go with this? Yeah, I, I, I think that, I, I think, I think you did right. And I think we talked, we touched on this last week that, that, you know, in the week before Aaron Jones got 23 carries or so some, some number that's not going to happen week in, week out. You know, I, I, I expect them to kind of be splitting the carries, maybe sixty percent Jones, forty percent Williams, that kind of that kind of number. So you know, fifteen for one, twelve for the other, fourteen for one, eleven for the other, that kind of that kind of split. Um, it's a sixteen-game season. It could be a nineteen-game season if we're lucky. Um, and I think that Williams looks like uh, he's a more durable back than 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 Jones will is um but but we all know what jones gives us you only have to look at the the touchdown that he scored a uh, three or four yard touchdown run that was lindsley got blown up on that play and ended up in the backfield almost taking the handoff and and aaron jones still was still able to make the corner and, and get in and get in the end zone so, so he you know obviously 
Aaron Jones gives you something that that Williams doesn't doesn't give you. But I absolutely think that they're going to split a lot of time this season. And, and yeah, I think we're going to see them um, in the backfield together in kind of what's called a pony setup. That you know we've already seen that across the first three games this season. I think we'll continue to see that. Yeah, and the injury report is just out, and uh, it's it's looking a bit longer uh, than usual. Montrevious Adams didn't participate with a shoulder. Balaga, which we just spoke about, limited participation with a shoulder. Oren Burks, we know about. Kenny Clark, limited participation with a knee. Uh, in, well, injury, I guess. Uh, shoulder for Kyler Fackrell. Calf for Rashawn Gary. Jimmy Graham as a groin and quad. Aaron Jones, shoulder. Jeez, we're all carrying a lot of shoulders. Uh, chest slash illness for Kevin King. Kumaro, shoulder. Blake Martinez, shoulder. Will Redmond, knee. Darius Shepard, hamstring. Jamal Williams, neck. So, yeah, we have a couple of people um, on the list for the Eagles. But let's see if they they rest up and can come back full speed. So, Pete, I guess what I would suggest when looking at this game uh, is... You know, more bunch formations, get the rubber out thing going, use Danny Vitale more and pass uh, some quick, you know, five yard gain action on first down. So set up the run with the pass and not the pass yeah. with the run um, is what I would imagine. But again, what do I know as a tiddly eye, dee, die, tiddly eye, Irishman? <laughs> I would I would 100 percent agree with that. And, the, and, the, and they've, you know, they've not got to give up on that on that passing on that passing game. And I know that sounds ridiculous when you've got Rogers back there, but. But they've got to persist, I, be- I believe, it, with the passing game, with the short passing game, which in turn will break open the, the longer plays and the, run- and the running game. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind if MVS has the type of uh, rocket speed that we saw, the you know, sure hands to pull that down uh, when we got them to jump offside on the hard count. Why not incorporate those like highlight plays? Did we not see that in week one? as well yep. with the no look well they call it a no look pass Aaron Rodgers sort of threw them off with his eyes and then bombed that downfield which ended up ultimately in that drive which was the touchdown so why we can't use MVS in that just wildly explosive way maybe he is running the routes and I'm just not seeing them uh, but certainly it's it's an idea Matt because we all know he listens a big shout out to Matt on the floor <laughs> um, so anything else on this Broncos game or is it time for quick snaps it's time to look at oh, the Eagles you doing it Pete you doing I'm doing stuff? it. Right, we're doing it. I'm doing it. You doing it? <laughs> yep. We're doing it. We're doing it. Me and Peter are doing it together. <laughs> so uh, the Eagles preview. Eagles one and two team. Um, you know, this game is not going to be a walkover for sure. Now, if you look at this injury report, the, the two people that have got highlighted uh, with their loss which against the Lions, which was just an awful game for them. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, he's still on the injury list. He's do not t- participate with an abdomen injury. And then Alshon Jeffrey, which is limited participation with a calf. So if anything, um, Jeffrey looks to potentially make the field, uh, whereas Deshaun Jackson would be out. That's considerable, Pete, um, into what we can do in this game if they don't have those weapons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've got, they've got, they've got three receivers, I think, that... Um... I would say at this stage of their careers are probably similar similar ability and 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 all three of them would worry would worry you, mm. uh, Jeffrey Jackson and, and and Aguilar Nelson Aguilar, um, and then of course the t- the tight end Zach Ertz, who's yeah. you know one of the premier tight ends in the in the league. But certainly if you know if Jackson's out and that's I think that's it's looking that way, and uh, and and Jeffrey certainly beat up I think his is a calf as well uh, um, injury. Um, 
that certainly that certainly helps the Packers and and surely you know coming off a coming off a off a short a short week um, any any help that you can that you can get through through the other team's injuries is is a big plus. Yeah, and the the key to this as well is that you can look at the record, you can look at the loss to the Lions and say that was tragic. They lost twenty seven twenty four. But that was just a calamity, you know, at all positions. They were dropping the ball, um, you know, fumbling the ball. The running back who has, you know, issues around ball security, um, I think he fumbled the ball twice on one drive. Um, you know, the wide receivers, Aguilar, like he's either lights out or you don't want to turn the lights out because it's just, you know, he's he's dropping the ball. In fact, he has a touch of the drops, is yeah, he does. Yeah, he yeah. does. Like, and I mean, that, that video that came out, you see that about the uh, rescue of the guy rescuing people in Philadelphia from a fire did you see that video no i didn't and um he was on the news report and he was talking about you know he was an ex-fireman saw the building on fire opened the door was going to run upstairs was met by smoke came back down and next thing he knew the guy who was up there was talking about his kids being in here that he needs to get them out and he started dropping his kids out of the window and this guy was catching his kids, but he said, I caught them, unlike Aguilar. I just had to get that out there. And I'm like, oh, really? They're like, catching kids from a burning building? And you're talking about football? But Aguilar, in fairness to him, said, someone find me this guy. I need to give him free tickets to the game, which, seeing the high ground, I guess it is Hero, uh, who came and saved people's lives. But I mean, you know, if you're making the news alongside children in fires, it's a very bad idea. You know, they'd pour special teams play. Uh, they'd no sacks so they got a poor pass rush against the Lions so you know th- this went wrong for the Eagles in every facet of the game which you can only imagine this was a playoff team um, you know like th- this is a this is a very good team and in fact before all their injuries people were looking at this team on paper and saying that this was a Super Bowl contender they were definitely going to make it back to the postseason uh, if not to the Super Bowl but of course everyone likes to get all premature on themselves uh, when it gets to preseason predictions so a great team and deceptively good. The only thing is the Packers are coming into this game tied third in the league in sacks. Um, I think they're third in interceptions and second in points allowed, which is 11.7 per game. And someone come out with these crazy stats. Um, and again, I've seen multiple sources tweeted out. Was that, I think it was, we won 90%. I don't know, maybe Pete, you, you alluded to this as well. Um, we've won almost 90% of games where we've kept the other team to 21 points or less. And whatever we say about our struggling offense, and it is struggling, and Aaron Rodgers at one stage threw the ball away three consecutive times yeah. on one of those drives. So, I mean, it is struggling. And also, I saw him sky the ball over Robert Tanyan's head. Uh, I think he did want to MVS as well, if I can remember. So, again, some errant throws, as well as some absolute lasers to Devontae Adams and co. You know, I mean... I think that we're struggling, but we're still scoring 27 goddamn points. So, I think that we in this game, we could easily see... Our O-line, if they step up, to limit the Eagles to getting any real pressure. Um, I think we're going to improve our offense. Hopefully, we're going to do some of the stuff that Matt LaFleur is now hearing us talk about, which is a big shout-out tip of the hat to Matt. And then also, our defense is going to come come away with some takeaways. And if that's the case, well, then, yes, we definitely win this game. But it's certainly not a given, Pete, not in my mind. Uh, uh, not, not not by any stretch of the imagination. And, and again, this is one of those games that before the season started was was marked as a loss on my on my chart. Um, now that the Packers have, have started better than I expected and the, and the Eagles have started worse than I would have expected, certainly from a record perspective. So, you know, you, you, I'm turning around my thought from from what I thought would be um, a loss to a, a very close Packers victory. But 
they're coming up against. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, he led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and, and I know he was, you know, Foles um, with the MVP of that the game. Was, was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 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 Wentz essentially led led them there. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a very fine very fine quarterback, and I think that that Zach Ertz brings a challenge to the Packers defense from the tight end spot that they probably haven't had yet this year. So it'd be interesting to see how how they match up there. But I think the I think playing at home on the Thursday night game, you know, is 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 an advantage. You know, the Eagles will barely have had time to practice this week. So I think that the Packers are going to shade this one. Yeah, and according to the cheat sheet on Packers.com, we've won five of the last six against the Eagles, and it's the first time that we're going to play them in a Thursday night game for whatever that's worth. So, yeah, I, I feel the same. I think this game will probably be a bit closer. I reckon we get some good stuff out of the offense. Um, I'd say it's a pretty bruising game um, as well, and I wouldn't feed into that stuff that their defense is soft and they're going to get no pass rush. I think they're going to pressure Aaron Rodgers plenty on the night. Um, and, you know, we have to mention Malcolm Jenkins as well, who's a fantastic player and is going to give us a bit of a headache on the night as well. I think it's... Um, probably potentially a close game depending on if our defense can show up but again another challenge for the D um, and certainly not a walkover and something that came out of that as well was is that the Lions are playing an awful lot more freer and I know this isn't the Lions Packers <laughs> podcast but Pete the Lions and uh, you have your power rankings um, slide out now um, it's all over our social media uh, Packer Pete's power rankings so if we can jump into that a little bit, the Lions for you, Pete. Um, what do you what do you think so far on seeing these guys this season? So, the the Lions have, have always been an odd, an odd, an odd team to me, an odd franchise to me, because uh, because they never seem to play to the sum of the talent that's potentially on that on that team, and that that seems to be kind of a consistent message probably since they last won a championship. 60 60 odd years ago mm. um you know even when they had the likes of, of Barry Sanders and, and and those types of players they, they Calvin Johnson and you know they've had good players great players over over the years but they've never quite lived up to that so i think that you know they should have won they should have won week 1 they were well ahead of um the cardinals in, in week 1 and that game ended up in, in a tie and in the last two weeks they've beaten the the um the chargers and the eagles you know and and everybody Preseason would have looked at the Chargers and the Eagles and said those look like two two teams capable of going deep into the playoffs and they, and they still might be. So, you know, for the Lions to be unbeaten at this stage, two two zero and one, I think given the schedule that they've had at the start to their season, I think I think is is a pretty impressive um, performance. I've always liked Matthew Stafford as a quarterback. Again, he's one of those guys that you wouldn't put in the top five in the league but he's in that group of yeah. quarterbacks below that and you know many a time against the Packers you only got to look at the end of season game last year and I know it was end of season and everything else but many a time against the Packers he's thrown for 300 four, nearly 400 400 plus yards so so he's a guy that on his day when he get when he gets hot can be as good as anybody he just doesn't get hot as often as, as they'd probably like but you know he's in that second group of group of quarterbacks and yeah it's interesting uh, yeah the the whole of the i was going to say the nfc central now i am showing my age there oh. the whole of the nfc the whole of the nfc north uh, is unbeaten other than 
the teams the Packers have beaten, i.e. the you know the one game that the Bears and the Vikings have lost. So I think the the whole division's looking strong. Yeah, the undefeated Green Bay Packers. I'll say it again, <laughs> the undefeated Green Bay Packers is fantastic. So if you're looking at your power rankings, to close out the top five uh, is the Green Bay Packers up one place from number six. New England at one, Kansas City at two, the Rams at three, and the Saints at four holding their own. But like and you say... Big, and, a big, and a big win for the Saints going into Seattle and winning without Drew Brees. Yeah, which again, you had said uh, to me and to other people on the group with a bit of back and forth that it was premature to drop the Saints. And you're right, they've stayed in fourth this week in your power rankings. Um, Seattle coming in at seven, Vikings at eight, Bears at nine. So when we look at the NFC North, I mean, we've three teams in the top 10 and we've defeated both of those with the um, Detroit Lions coming in at 14. It's a great read. Um, it's a visual, so it's a picture. So if anybody wants to go on and look at Packer Pete's power rankings, which are all about the alliteration, baby, uh, go on to our Facebook um and our twitter and have a have a gander at that also if you want to keep updated on some random stuff that goes on behind the scenes make sure you follow uh, us on instagram.com forward slash uk packers but pete to close it out uh you think that we're going to squeak a win against the eagles uh 24 23 oh my god there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> geez i wasn't expecting the score as well there uh, so yeah i'm not going to give a score i'm just going to say that we do i reckon this is either going to be us blowing them out by two touchdowns plus um, or this is going to be a squeaky bum time game. Uh, but I do think that, um, you know, we'll end up going ahead and then just maintaining that lead. And again, I cannot wait to be up late and to have the life sucked out of the room when we can't get stuff going on offense again. But look, it's great. We've limped to 3 0. Um, so long may we limp on. And as we get closer to the playoffs, hopefully it'll gel a bit more. That's what everyone expects. Um, and so do I. Um, and let's just see if we can sort of weed out exactly what Matt LaFleur's offensive. Uh, scheme actually is so like i said follow the instagram follow the facebook get onto twitter get into the private group on facebook and if you like what we do you can pop onto the merch store and buy some merch i've sent out all membership numbers as well so if you apply for a membership number um i'll get that out to you as well and you can get that on all of our merchandise items in the shop there's also some signed items as well and the raz that's coming up um, pretty soon and of course you can support us by getting onto patreon.com forward slash uk packers get onto the fiverr tier and you effectively pay off in installments a nice membership embroidered t-shirt that we'll send out after six months keep um donating after that it's up to you lads ladies so anyway from myself that's the nfl give me a follow follow pete at it hedgehog follow the group at uk packers and go pack go for the game against the eagles to 4-0 baby go pack go